Thank you for checking out this week's podcast at Destiny Church. For more information or other messages, you can check us out online at ourdestinychurch.com. There is a word on my heart. I woke up this morning and it was burning within me. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, can we give Jesus some praise in this house? Just lift your voice and praise him right now. Lord, you're so good. I want to thank Pastor Rye for inviting us. I hope this has been a blessing to you. How many were here on Friday night? Just lift your hands. Wasn't that an amazing service? Hallelujah. The Lord is so good. Well, I promised I would give just a little introduction. Uh, I know that many of you don't know who I am. Uh, this is my beautiful wife, Yvette, if you could stand up, baby. We've been married almost three years now. And um, this is my dad on the keyboard. And uh, my uncle playing the drums. Um, and my mom went somewhere. She's here. Yeah, she went somewhere. I'm so thankful for my family. Hallelujah. Well, my name is Joshua Kelly. Um, because I'm young, I guess I'm supposed to tell you my age. I'm 26. Um, I've been in the ministry for about five or six years now. I traveled for five years with my grandfather. He is an evangelist as well. And uh, that's kind of where, you know, where the Bible says that people would grow in the standing and the stature of the Lord. And that's where that happened in my life. And uh, it was so, so wonderful. My, this ministry's goal is to please Jesus in every area, to win souls, to see the sick healed, to see people delivered. Uh, this is a ministry that goes to parts of the world. I wouldn't say we're all around the world globally, but we've been to parts of the world. And we've had the privilege of seeing the power of God in people's lives. I was amazed just a couple days ago, there was a man who we prayed for on Facebook Live, and uh, that was my preaching engagements within these six months, so actually, you're one of the first churches I've been preaching to uh, after this whole COVID-19 thing, but we've been reaching out to YouTube, we've been reaching out to Facebook social media platforms, and, and I know people say, well, uh, you know, that's not very godly to go on there, but if Jesus can go in the red district where Mary Magdalene was, I think we can go on YouTube and Facebook and reach people. Amen. Hallelujah. And so um, a couple days ago, I prayed over, we prayed over this person. He had pancreatic cancer on Facebook Live. And a couple days ago, they reached out to me and they said that they went to the doctor and the doctor could not believe his eyes because he said there was no more cancer. It was completely gone. So when you see me pray for healing, I'm not just doing it as a religious thing. I actually believe it's going to happen. Amen. Jesus still heals. The word of God has not changed, my friend. 
And today I believe that that is going to happen to many of you. Hallelujah. Today I want to go ahead and just get into the word. The Lord started speaking to me this morning about the anointing. Pastor Rife was sharing with me about how he sees this church as a church that equips people and acknowledges the gifts in people. And the Lord began to speak to me about the anointing. Today I'm going to talk to you about the price of that anointing. How many of you in here, you want God to use you in some form or way? You don't know what it is. You don't know, maybe you don't know what your calling is, your office, but you want God to use you. That should be everyone. There is a price to that anointing. What you're asking for is not something that is going to get you recognized. It is not something that is built to make you famous. It is not something that was designed to make you seen. The anointing of God is to prove that God is real. That he loves his children. The anointing of God is the approval of God over a man or woman's life. It is when God says, I approve of your life. There's gifts and then there's the anointing. People can use gifts all day long. But when you see a man of God or a woman of God that is anointed, you know that Jesus walks with them. What, would, what did God say to Saul in the beginning? When Samuel anointed him, God told Saul, I am with you. When the anointing was lifted, he said, I have departed from you. There is a price to that anointing. I had seen the price of this anointing in the beginning of my life. I had seen what many people have gone through. And I'm going to talk about the price because a lot of people have a lot of misconceptions of what the price of the anointing is. The price of the anointing is not having to fly on an airplane. I enjoy it. The price of the anointing is not praying because I enjoy prayer. Life comes into me when I pray. It is the best part of my day. The Bible talks about in Samuel when Hannah gave birth to Samuel, she dedicated him to God. And I'm not going to read the whole thing. But the Bible says that Samuel went under a man named Eli. And Eli began to train Samuel. And he taught him how to minister to the Lord. And the Bible talks about that Eli had two sons. And these sons were the priests of Israel. And they treated 
this priesthood with contempt. They treated it as something of their own gain. They would go and they would take food from the people because they said that they were a priest. They shamed the anointing of God. They had the gift to be a priest. They were called to be a priest. But God did not approve of them. They treated his anointing with contempt. They, they mistrusted in the Lord. And then here comes Samuel. And the Bible says that while these two boys were going out terrorizing Israel, the Bible says that Samuel was in the glory of God, ministering unto the Lord. The Bible says that Samuel grew up in the presence of God. He was not a normal boy. He sought after the Lord. He gave up his youth. I've had so many people come up to me and they would say, Josh, why aren't you in college? Why aren't you making friends at the bar? Why aren't you going out to the parties and getting drunk on alcohol? Why aren't you doing all the things that could make you happy? When God calls your life, he will ask you for things that has taken his place. I have noticed that the closer I get to the Lord, the more he requires of me. There there have been moments in my life where God would tell me you cannot come any closer until you give me this area in your life. So many people today, God has asked them for things in their life and they told God no and they wonder why God is not using them. Yes, everyone has a calling. Yes, people have gifts. I believe every single one of you in this place can be used of the Lord. But you must understand something. Before God can use you, you must prove yourself. When God chose people in the Bible, they just were not ordinary people. He didn't just randomly pick them. He picked people. Maybe they weren't perfect. But they had a heart that sought after the Lord. The Bible says that Samuel would minister unto the Lord. That is the life of a Christian, to minister unto the Lord. I see so many people that when worship goes a little longer than what they wanted it to, that they get uncomfortable. Can I tell you that the greatest privilege you could ever have is to minister to God? 
the greatest privilege you could ever have is to worship to him and him receive it. We think that God is pleased by our miracles. We think that God is pleased by our preaching. We think that God is pleased because we went in the gas station and filmed someone as we ministered to them. That's him doing the work, not you. But when you minister unto him, that is something that he cannot make you do. When you devote your life, when you say, Lord, I crave for the world, but I'm dying to it now, and I'm going after you with all of my heart. The Bible talks about Saul. In one of the first moments where he disobeyed God, the Bible says that he was in war with the Philistines. And the Lord told him to wait for Samuel. And he got impatient. And before Samuel came, he put a burnt offering unto the Lord because he wanted the favor of God. And Samuel came to him and rebuked him for what he did. And he said, God is choosing a man that is after his own heart. In that moment, Saul was after his own heart. He wanted the favor of God for himself. But God is looking for someone who says, I don't care about the fame. I don't care about the money. I don't care. I'm only after your heart, Lord. What does it look like to be after God's own heart? It is a man that shuns sin. It is a woman who lives holy. It is one that does not go a day without ministering unto the Lord. It is one that keeps the word of God burning in their heart. When I was younger, still young, when I was younger, I remember so many times my brother would want me to go fishing or my friends would want me to go to the movies with them. I feel the glory of God in this place. And there was so much pulling upon me. And I was criticized so much for this. But there would be times where I would be invited to go have fun and to do this, and there's nothing wrong with those things. But in that moment, the Lord said, no, I want you to come be with me. And they called me religious. They called me legalistic. But my friend, you must understand my life is not my own it belongs to Jesus not my friends not my family not the television show that I like when you give your life to God there is no return there's no going back you wonder why maybe God is not using you the way you want. My friend, maybe it's time that you get on your knees and you 
began to learn very quickly that it was not even about being used. I began to learn that while I was praying, while I was seeking the Lord, that I was not seeking the Lord just for, a, just for another sermon. I was not seeking the Lord so I could see more miracles. I was not seeking the Lord so that I could see the power of God move, although that's great. But the Lord began to deal with my heart and says, Josh, if I am not the primary reason why you minister unto me, then you might as well as not do it. Do you know what God said to Abraham? I am going to give you an inheritance that is greater than the numerous amount of the stars. But I am your exceedingly great reward. The reward was not the inheritance. The reward was God. God told the Levites, I am your promise. You will not inherit the promised land because I am your inheritance until you come to a place within your life that says, God, whether you use me or not, I will serve the Lord. I say this with the sweetest spirit as possible but I'm tired of preachers standing in the pulpit and they're addicted to pornography I love them and I want to see them free and I want to see them get back on the pulpit but we cannot be content I'm tired of preachers preaching a message that they do not live someone after his own heart not someone who just wants to preach a good message we need preachers yes but we need people that live a holy life and you may say well Josh I don't know how to live a holy life my friend I'm telling you now if you would just get in the presence of God if you will dwell in that place sin will not touch you again of living this life I'm going to stay in this closet until you completely set me free I remember days I would be in that closet for hours 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 and people would tell me well you don't need to tell that to everyone because maybe they don't have as much time as you do tell me Josh you don't need to pray that long for a service I'm not praying for the service I'm praying because I enjoy God I pray because I love the Lord I love being in his presence
look how old the people in the Old Testament were when God used them. A century year old. You know what the Bible says about Moses? That he did not grow weak. And he was like 100 something, 120 something. He did not grow weak. That's an excuse. You know what stops us more than anything is our excuses. Because God can change us if we'll just surrender. It just takes a moment. But those excuses block us from getting to that point. Well, God, I enjoy this TV show, and, and you know, it's almost over. By the time that TV show is over, you're going to get hooked on another one. I'm not saying TV is bad. But if you watch the television more than you spend time with God, The Bible says that Samuel grew up in the presence of God. I mean, that's all he knew. That's all he wanted to know. He didn't know anything else. He just wanted the presence of God. The Bible says that the eyes of God look to and fro to see, is there anyone who seeks the face of God? My friend, the eyes of God are looking in this room right now. Is there anyone who seeks the face of God? Because there is a generation that is on their way to hell. There is a generation that are hooking up needles in their arms and dosing drugs in them. As I'm preaching right now, there are probably people overdosing. People are on their way to hell, and God is looking for people who will rise up. for the rest of my life I will do it God if you call me to live out of a place that has no comfort I will do it for your name you know what's amazing is that people say that they'll die for God but if God were to tell them to go to Pakistan or some Arabic country where they kill you for the gospel, their immediate answer is no. God is calling people who don't have time for fear. They don't have time to worry. God is calling people that have that revelation of that verse that says, to live is Christ and to die is gain. God is looking for people that no longer care about the things of this world. You know what my prayer is? And some of you might seem like it's legalistic, I know. Because it is crazy in this day and age. But I pray that there will come a moment within my life where the only thing I do is spend time with the Lord. I could say that it has been a decade since I've been on the internet, that it has been a decade since I've been on television, and I'm not saying anything of those are bad. I remember one time I did a fast, a world fast. It's around 30 days. The world fast is you cannot watch anything or look at anything that is ungodly. If it does not feed your spirit, I'm not allowed to watch it for 30 days. 
I did that fast, I came closer to God more than I did the Daniel fast, more than I did the water fast. I began to see that the things of this world taint our spirit. They taint it. And we wonder why we feel no life. Because there's no life going into us. When you're watching Fox News, yeah, there's no nudity. Yeah, there's no cussing. Yeah, there's no this or that. But if it's not feeding your spirit, don't expect to have a good day. Like I said, those things are, there's nothing wrong with them. But I choose to live a life that when I stand before God, God would say, you took every moment to love on me. You took every opportunity to minister unto me. When I'm 50 years old, I want to be able to say that I grew up in the presence of God. telling you that I've gotten rid of in my life that is the price God is wanting to use people who are remnant who don't look like everybody else that's what the Bible says with Moses Moses said if your presence does not go with us how will the world know that we are different from them Some of you in here, you've told God no to the calling on your life. I have met people, Pastor Rife, that they willingly admitted that they rejected the call of God. And they're still Christian, but they rejected it because it was too much. Can I ask you something? Why did you give your life to the Lord? Was it because you were promised eternal life? Was it because you were promised a golden road or a mansion? Do you know what the Bible says eternal life is? Jesus said in Matthew, he said, this is eternal life.
boyfriend. It could be a girlfriend. It could be money. It could be unforgiveness. It could be pride. It could be television. It could be the internet. But I'm telling you right now, if you will let those things go, and you will seek God with all of your heart, He's going to use you. I'll never forget. I was 19 years old. And I knew that God had called my life. I knew that there was a destiny in me. And everyone around me was telling me, Josh, because I was just about to get out of high school. They were telling me, Josh, you will not be able to survive in ministry. Ministry will not feed your family. Ministry will not get you a nice home. Ministry will not get you a good car. And I understood what they were telling me. But there was a call on my life. I could not ignore this. And the Lord began to speak to me. And he said, Josh, you choose me or you choose them. Right now, this morning, God is asking you the same question. You either choose him or you choose the things in your life that you love the most. Those who choose him, God will use them. But those who choose the things of this world, they will remain stagnant. I told the Lord, I said, God, even if I have to live in my parents' home, which was wonderful, they're wonderful parents, but even if I have to stay in my parents' home for the rest of my life until you use me, I will not leave this spot. I don't care about the house. I don't care about the car. I don't care about the money. I don't care about the fame. All I want is you. If you tell me to go, I'll go. If you tell me to stay, I'll stay. My life is yours. The days started going by and nothing happened. I knew that God had called me. And I continued to pray and I continued to get in my word and continued to love on the Lord. But I knew that God had called me. In about four or five days until school was about to end, I was a senior in high school. School was about to end. My grandfather calls me and he says, Josh, I want you to travel with me full time on the road. At that moment, my destiny began. Do you know that there are people that use the excuse, I don't have opportunities. When you see someone who is lost, there's the opportunity. You don't need to be in a church. You don't need to hold a microphone. Jesus said, go into all the world. Preach the gospel. Lay hands on the sick. Cast out devils in my name. Don't wait for a microphone. 
Don't wait for a pulpit. Don't wait for an opportunity from a pastor. If God has called you and he's told you to go, then go. Don't wait. The Lord miraculously opened that door in my life. So my question to you right now is what are you waiting for, my friend? You talk about the days of the past, but when is it going to happen now? You talked about 10 years ago how that person got healed or how you talked to this person about Jesus and they got saved. And that's the only thing you've talked about and that's great. We still rejoice over it. But what about now? In this day and age, people need Jesus like never before. My friend, one of the worst things that can happen to a Christian is to stand before God and him say, I have nothing to say to you as far as you serving me because you did nothing. You'll get to heaven, but you will never be remembered for what you 